0: From the heartland of America, focused on God, family, and country, the mouthpiece of the Midwest, this is Dale Carter's America. And I'm back. And Kurt's back. It's Dale Carter's America. Hi. We're here. Yeah. Um, today is uh, National Pina Colada Day, and I'm glad you dressed for it, Kurt. It <laughs> looks like a Pina Colada shirt that you might want to wear. Yeah, sort of. And if the headband. Saw. What do you got going on there?
1: It's Retro Rifle. I'm happy to, to pimp them. It yeah. has guns on it. Oh. Yeah. Nice. These are, these are my favorite shirts. Also, shout out to Alex, the intern, for showing me these shirts. But oh. they're great.
0: Check Very good. Well, we have a lot to talk about. A lot has happened in, in the time that I have been gone up to the uh, northeastern part of the United States. We'll share some stories from that. But first of all, we want to thank Bob Watson for being an early believer in Dale Carter's America. Everybody needs insurance. You got to have it on your car, your house, your life. Your business, your boat. He's licensed in Missouri and Kansas, and um, State Farm has surprisingly great rates. And we have Bob Watson at our house. He's watching over us all the time, making sure everything goes well. And when it doesn't go well, that's when you need Bob Watson the most. That doesn't sound creepy at all. He's uh, watching yeah. over us all the time. He's a good guy. <laughs> I ran into him at uh, Herford House uh, before we left on vacation. Nice. He was there looking good, like he's lost weight. He's tanned. It's like, man, I want to be Bob Watson when I grow up. Yeah, he's like uh, RFK Jr. He's got videos. You know, he's shredded. I'm thinking he could do more push-ups than I can. Oh, probably, yeah. yeah. 816-229-7878. Get a quote today from Bob Watson and his team. They are in Blue Springs physically at 7th and Main, but they are licensed in Missouri and Kansas, and they've got folks all over the metro area who have Bob Watson as their State Farm agent. Okay, so uh, there are a lot of ways that you can get this podcast. We enjoy you being with us. There's the audio only, of course, which is where we started, and we're still there. Uh, But now we've branched into video. There's lots of ways to Get a hold of us, Kurt.
1: Yes, absolutely. Uh, the main one that we try and push right now is YouTube because we play a lot of video clips. Uh, we like the engagement. If you leave a comment, it really helps us out. And I wanted to say one more thing too. Like we read, I think every single comment that we get. Um, you know, there are some times where we get a lot on certain posts and things like that. But on Facebook, on YouTube, we read every single comment. And then the other thing is we have email, too, which we don't really talk about as much, which is dalecartersamerica at gmail.com. If you have an idea for the show, if you want to partner up with us, or you have a business that you think would like to partner up with us, or any ideas uh, that you want to explore, send us an email, and we'll we'll respond.
0: By the way, did you see that uh, Mark Alford, our favorite congressman, has started a podcast? Oh, really? You know what it's called? Uh, Mark Alford's America ding (laughs) can we we sue I don't think we can sue over that Uh. we wouldn't sue him anyway we like him too much yeah. Uh, but I'm going to give him some grief about that next time. You know I what? I think we can give it a pass as long as he gives us
1: credit for the name and, and he appears, shouts out our podcast.
0: Appears on the podcast, right? Yeah. We got to get that done, yeah. and I will get that done. Mark will be a guest with us uh, before you know it. So while we were in New England, you know, we were going to places we've never been before. People ask, you know, do you have relatives up there? Why in the hell would you go up there? Uh, but we went up there because you know there are places we haven't been, and New Hampshire for me, and Maine was another one. Um, and so we weren't at a Walmart in Maine because you know WalMarts a everywhere, obviously, and um, it was pouring down rain. So this person might get a pass for this, but then again, maybe not. Um, by the way, that is a big dead bird to the left of that cart that you're showing right now. <laughs> it was just like laying there. It kind of freaked me out a little bit. And that was not the only one. I mean, I, I took a, one picture, but there were carts all up and down that island. People yeah. had basically said, "Nope, I'm going to put the cart right there, and uh, then I'm going to go. Yeah. Um, and I thought that was, a, you know, you needed to be there. The cart and arc needed to be there. Yeah.
1: Well, Walmart is is notoriously bad, I think, for the, for the cart thing. I mean, it's like every Walmart you go to, unless you're in some super rich neighborhood, you know, where everyone's in the HOA and PTA and all that kind of stuff, you get carts at Walmart. In the parking gar- uh, the parking lot, you know, on the little median things,
0: um, all that stuff. So, not surprising. Yeah. You know, the other fun thing about the trip was my wife, Jennifer, is from Cass County, Missouri, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Austin Watterson, Uh, we'll get to him in a little bit here, but Austin's one of our sponsors, but his business is in Cass County. And let's just say that they have a unique way of speaking in Cass County, and it does not translate well in Maine. Um, and so there, we went into a diner, and, and I observed this, Kurt. There, there were two conversations happening: the one from the lady at the diner and my wife. And because I'm a professional, I understood both ends of the conversation. But they weren't speaking to each other; they were like speaking over each other. <laughs> and then when we were at Walmart, you know, it was pouring down rain, and the lady wanted to check our um, our receipt on the way out because we bought a whole bunch of stuff for this trip. Um, and Jennifer's like, "Man." It's- Pouring down rain out there, and the lady at Walmart goes, "Yep, you're gonna have to build an act." <laughs> and Jennifer's like, "A what? <laughs> an act? <ak>. An act? To <laughs> build an act?
2: An That's ak.
1: funny." <laughs> I'm trying to find. Uh, I, I don't know what the. The main accent is I just looked up this random video, so we'll see if it
2: sounds right. Well, you can tell that she could be prepared to have eggs. And if she was a lobster that had carried them before, lobster. we would have cut a notch in this fin. <laughs> so whenever I get a lobster that's got eggs, I cut a notch in this fin. And you can never keep this lobster, and that it notch will last normal. through a couple yeah. more.
1: Sounds almost. uh Australian.
0: Well, it's a New England accent. I um, met up with one of the guys that worked for me at WWYZ in Hartford. He did middays for me. um, And he's basically retired to Deer Island, Maine. And I hadn't seen him in like 25 years. And he's definitely got the accent. Mm. Uh, mm. You lost a lot of weight there. <laughs> <laughs> when did you lose your radio voice? <laughs> it's like, come on, man. Oh, okay. So uh, that's the uh, Cartnark from Maine. Meanwhile, while I was there, we went into Vermont a little bit. Uh, ben and Jerry's is big in Vermont. I am wearing today my Dream Team t shirt which features the four faces that you see on Mount Rushmore. I did it on purpose because while I was gone, Ben and Jerry's made news on uh, 4th of July. They wanted to celebrate the 4th by America giving stolen lands back to the natives. Mm -hmm. Okay? Uh, Starting with Mount Rushmore, they want to give it back. Now, it always – we talked about this on an episode, right? It's like, who would you give it to? Yeah. Which natives? Well, that's a good question. The ground was fought over for – Thousands of years. Yeah. We happen to have it now. At some point, the Chinese are going to get it. And then, you know, (laughs) maybe they'll give it back to us at some point. Maybe
1: when the Chinese take over, they'll give uh, Americans reparations for the stolen
0: land. They really, in colleges that teach marketing, (laughs) if they still do that— they need to have a class on what's happened in the last year. This is what you don't do as the marketing director for a big company. Yeah. Right? Because basically they they're falling into the same sinkhole that that Bud Light fell into. And we kind of made fun of Bud Light for a while and then we said, "Well, they're no longer the number one beer in the world or in the country. Now it's Modelo, mm-hmm. uh, a Mexican beer that is number one." Well, now they're not even in the top 10. Bud mm-hmm. Light has fallen to 14th and they are dropping like a stone.
1: Yeah, I saw in some areas uh, I didn't verify this, but there was a story that in some areas Bud Light is cheaper than water, like the fancy bottled water. Yeah, you can <laughs> buy it for Bud Light for cheaper than that. But did you see the uh, the follow up to the Ben and Jerry's? No. Report? What's the follow up? So the follow up. Uh, so they put out this thing. I'll just read it again in case you're just listening to the audio podcast. So on July fourth. Ben and Jerry's put out a tweet. They said, This 4th of July, it's high time we recognize that the U.S. exists on stolen indigenous land and commit to returning it. Learn more and take action now. So, it's, it, the U.S. is on stolen land. We have to return the land to the Indians. Well, like, the next day, uh, an indigenous chief came out and said that the Ben and Jerry's HQ... In Vermont is on indigenous land. Of course and it is. The, of course it is. And that Ben and Jerry's
0: needs to return the land. Well, that's what I put up on Facebook. I mean, you know, <laughs> let's don't start with Mount Rushmore. Let's start with you. Yeah. yeah. What do you have? Why don't you give it back? Yeah. I mean, you know, my home in Blue Springs was probably at one time, you know, some tribal land. I'm not giving it back. I wouldn't even know who the hell to give it back to. Yeah, you can look up this
1: story on your own. I'm not going to read through it. It's Newsweek, but if you just look up Ben and Jerry's Stolen Land, you'll
0: find it. So it's complete (laughs) virtue signaling, and all it does is piss off people who might otherwise buy Ben and Jerry's ice cream.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, if you're still buying Ben and Jerry's ice cream now, I mean, this is nothing new. They've been extremely woke. I mean, like, Communists, basically. I mean, it's the owners are basically communists. Uh, They they're super anti-cop. Right. They've had the BLM stuff. They've raised money and donated to anti-cop, anti-American causes for many many years now. So this is nothing new. I mean, Ben and Jerry's is trash. Don't buy them.
0: The day that I saw this story, we were in Kennebunkport, Maine, and we were having uh, dinner at this place called Allison's, uh, which was really good, by the way. Um, And we're looking for ice cream near us. And there was a locally-owned ice cream stand, and then up the street there was a Ben & Jerry's. And then I saw that story. And I wasn't going to go to Ben & Jerry's anyway because of a lot of reasons you just stated. And the other thing is they put flavor combinations together that disgust me. I mean, whatever. If you like Ben & Jerry's, you like Ben & Jerry's. So we went to the local guy. And I wonder how many people saw that story in Kennebunkport because it was was crowded. There was a huge crowd in Kennebunkport. Mm -hmm. Um, And they were all walking the streets and all that. And uh, I just wonder how many of them looked at that and went, meh. That's going to be a pass. Yeah. Probably
1: more and more. I mean, but they, I think they're kind of one of these companies, you know, Bud Light. I think Bud Light's mistake is that their core demographic is not who they're pandering to, right? Like their core demographic is not the LGBT, blah, blah, blah. So, and they're also not going all the way. They, they had this one thing with Dylan Mulvaney and then they tried to backtrack without right. apologizing. Right. But Ben and Jerry's is kind of taking the other strategy which a lot of companies are which is like they're they're all in you know they yeah. they're full in on on the progressive bandwagon so well, they're luck. kind of banking on the people who agree with them going out of their way to buy Ben and Jerry's and the people that don't agree with them going out of their way not to buy it.
0: Well, let's keep an eye on that story and see how long it takes for them to give back their factory ground. Yes, I agree. They should lead by example. Otherwise, they're complete hypocrites. I agree. They probably are. I agree. (laughs) Okay, so uh, moving on to cocaine in the West Wing. Boy, this has been an interesting story to follow, has it not? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So um, there, there have been a lot of, well, this happened, and then they go back, and no, now this happened, and then this happened, and this happened. So, what is the latest on this? So, my
1: understanding is at first, it was there was like a powdery white substance that was found. They did testing on it, they confirmed that it was cocaine. Um, and then the back and forth was on where it was actually located within the West Wing. So, at first, it seemed like the administration and the media were trying to cover up for it saying that it was oh it was in a, a high trafficked common area where tourists go you know so it was probably just some by tourist. the
0: way tourists don't go in the west wing
1: that that's right yeah well, you can, you can I believe, right? But you need like a special invitation or something like that.
0: I've been in the West Wing, and it was with um, a Secret Service agent. So Secret Service agents, like on Sundays when the president's not there, they can take VIPs through the West Wing mm-hmm. and all that, but mm-hmm. it is not on the regular tour. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah.
1: And I, I've been to the White House once when I was a kid too, and I, I didn't go to the West Wing, I believe. But anyways, so they're trying to go back and forth on where it was actually located and then uh, where it actually turned out, it was kind of in like a more secluded area. According to MSNBC, surprising that they're actually reporting on this, yeah. but cocaine was found in a limited access place near the situation room. Average people just can't get in there. So it was not in an area that you know, citis- normal citizens could have access right. to. So then it obviously brings up the question of uh, whose it was, why it was there. And then it obviously brings up all sorts of speculation about a certain son of the president, maybe you know, who has uh, some maybe drug issues, you know. You know, my first
0: thought was it was gold bond that had like shaken out of Joey's shorts, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Got a little
0: gold bond. Yeah.
1: I so, mean, may, you know, maybe it's his. I, he's he's got dementia. He's very low energy. You know, right. maybe he needs a little scoop, scoop every, every <laughs> now and again to keep to keep the uh, to keep the cogs turning. <laughs> All right, move on. Well, so there's lots of stuff on this, and I just like. I I cannot get enough. So we have uh, Corrine Jean Pierre. Exactly inside the West Wing. Making excuses. The substance was discovered.
3: I'm not going to get into uh, specifics. (laughs) All I can say is when people visit the West Wing. Uh, there
0: is uh, an air. There is the area of the West Wing where uh, it is highly uh, traveled,
3: uh, and that is what happens. People yeah. come through this particular so. area. It's highly traveled. I'm just not going to get into specifics. Uh, I'm uh, not going to get into. Not going to get ahead <laughs> of the yeah, situation yeah, service. Yeah. And so I'll let them speak to that.
1: That's like her just yeah. go-to answer for everything. Is oh, I can't. I can't get into
3: it. Have
0: you seen the picture of her? Uh, there was a meme of her with like blow all over her upper yeah, lip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's kind of that. mean. This is uh, something funny that I saw.
1: Uh, uh-oh. Hold on. I need to actually find it again. But, um, oh, yeah, here it is. So this is uh, sort of related, but this is Joe Biden in the uh, 90s yeah. talking about the crime bill uh, juxtaposed to some footage of his son.
2: <laughs> Crack cocaine. No bigger than this quarter that I'm holding in my hand. One quarter of one dollar. We passed a law through the leadership of Senator Thurman and myself and others, a law that says if you're caught with that, you go to jail for five years. You get no probation. Wow. You get nothing other than five years in jail. Judge doesn't have a choice. Under our forfeiture. There you go.
0: Joey B talking tough like I talk. What happened to that guy? I know. I know, right? Yeah.
1: And then you were wondering about, um, you know, what would happen if this was Don Jr. Can you imagine? Yeah. I mean, I can't imagine. Well, first
0: of all, when it came out, even MSNBC, you know, who has now dug deeper into this thing, I mean, they were making a joke out of it. You know, they were joking about it. It's like, oh, yeah, that's funny. Ha, ha, ha. Now, can you imagine if this happened during the Trump administration? And somebody asked me on Facebook if I was jealous. And I'm like, I'm not jealous. I'm just pointing it out. If it had happened when Trump was president, you would have had wall-to-wall, 24-7 coverage on this thing. And they would have said, we have an insider in the White House who says the president was doing blow off a hooker's ass, (laughs) straddling the Resolute desk. That's what they would have done, right? Yeah. They probably would have impeached him again cocaine that'd, in the white house impeachment articles underway. That'd be a hell of a story though. It would, <laughs> but I mean,
1: you know, one thing that, that is true, uh, that I kind of did a little digging on is, I mean, tons of people were constantly speculating about Don jr. Doing cocaine. Cause you know, he's very high energy. He's kind of, a uh, a little wiry. Right. And so this is a clip that I found from the daily show when, uh, what's his name trevor noah was was still doing it so and this is pretty funny i'll, I'll give it to him it's it's fairly decent
3: Want a new show that parties the guys in the room here are am like oh hey, oh hey okay wait a minute watch cocaine news with your host, Donald Trump Jr. Let's see which way the wind is blowing. Hot takes. Yeah, if Lizzo's oppressed, then so am I, right? Hard drugs. We're like, wow, it's crazy. You don't have ideas? <laughs> and all the finger quotes you can handle. <laughs> the inflation reduction of violence of January 6th. I hope Trump comes. I'm going to punch him out.
1: This is my moment. I've been waiting for this. The trespassing on Capitol grounds. I'm going to punch him out, and I'm going to go to jail, and I'm going to be happy.
3: It's cutting off fat rails of journalism. Just insanity <laughs> after insanity. <laughs> They'll come up with a way to word it and say, "Well." this this is exactly what we're doing. Human would also have man in it. We could just move to a blue state, basically. So
1: anyways, you get the idea. I get the idea. I mean, they're they're uh, very strongly suggesting there. And it's a pretty funny clip, but I mean, you see what lengths they go to with the Trump family. They oh, yeah. found cocaine in the, in the Trump White House. I mean, that's game over. Meanwhile, <laughs>
0: you know, it's good to be a Democrat where they get to run play number five, which they've run into the ground on this thing. Nothing to see here. Yes. There's nothing to see here. Um, and, you know... Uh, Hunter gets a sweetheart deal because his dad's the president, and he's got the Justice Department all locked up. Anybody else, any of us who went through the same things, a felony gun charge, you know, tax evasion, you think we'd get, like, probation? Or even crack cocaine. I mean, listen to what his dad was just saying. Oh, yeah, I
2: know.
1: About crack, you know. Five years minimum. That's what he said.
0: Yeah. All right, so there is all of that. Have we covered all of that? Yeah, yeah. All right, move on. Um, And then, you know, I was in New York briefly, very briefly. Um, I flew from off my vacation. I flew out of Bangor, Maine. You ever been there? Bangor, Bangor. You brought her. I think that'd be a great name for a strip club, wouldn't it? Yeah, you can look, but you can't bang her. Um, <laughs> anyway, what a what a hole! I mean, it made me feel really good about coming back to KCI because that's an international airport, and it is an absolute dump. Um, in fact, the day before I came home, Kurt, um, they closed that airport because of a crack in the runway that they had to go out and fix. Oh, God. So so I'm, I'm driving from the middle of nowhere in New Hampshire, Mount Washington, over to the airport, and my, my GPS, thank God I had that, because it was like five miles to the next turn, 1.4 miles to the next turn. And then it kept telling me, the Bangor Airport may be closed today. I'm like, that's just awesome. Mm. And then, you know, not to be a profiler here, oh, boy, this could be taken out of context and really get me in trouble. But the pilot who came on... Uh, through the intercom, obviously had a Middle Eastern accent, Mm -hmm. okay? And we flew into New York. That was the halfway point for me. And instead of over water to land at LaGuardia, first time I've ever done this in New York, we came down the north side of Manhattan to the west side between New Jersey and New York, and we're flying right next to the buildings. Mm -hmm. What do you think? If you've got a window seat and you're looking out seeing buildings in New York and you've heard a Middle Eastern accent on the intercom. (laughs) What are you thinking, Kurt? I can only imagine. Please don't turn left. Please don't turn left. Um, And then we flew down over uh, the Statue of Liberty. I got a great picture that I put up on Facebook, basically flying right over the Statue of Liberty, uh, and then cruised right into LaGuardia. And unlike what's happened, I mean, have you followed the news on this, that uh, travel has just been a nightmare? It's on my personal uh, Facebook page. Um, Travel's been a nightmare. Thousands of flights canceled, and mine wasn't. In fact, I got home 15 minutes early. Mm. Pretty cool, huh? Nice. There's baby Harry sleeping. There it is. How about that, right? I took that out of the window of the plane as we're flying over the Statue of Liberty.
1: It's a tiny picture. But well, I'm sorry. Yeah, what are you going
0: to do? Wow, it's a, I was several thousand feet up yeah. and, and, like, uh, zooming in.
1: Yep, 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 yep.
0: All right. So, uh, anyway, while I was in New York, I saw this story um, against a backdrop of falling math and reading scores. Wouldn't you say that that's probably the most important educational story right now is the falling math and reading scores and falling further and further behind China?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's one of them that uh, I think the, the most important education story is just our education system falling apart in general. Uh, no good outcomes with math and reading, and then they're teaching all the woke stuff and the LGBT stuff and the racial grievance and everything like that. Yeah. It all kind of plays in. Well, together. we'll
0: get into some educational stuff here in a little bit with affirmative action and all that when we get into the SCOTUS section of the podcast today. But in New York, the mayor there announcing that this fall, K-12 through students, kindergarten through senior and high school, will now be required to have two to five minutes of mindful breathing exercises every day.
1: And he says it with a straight face. Let's see if uh, I can drop a needle here.:
2: For a moment, particularly to our uh, educators who are here, and I just want to really thank thinking of talking about some of the great things that you you know you could take uh, me out of Brooklyn, but Brooklyn our president in the largest borough.
0: He may get Italian, it may take a while to get there. Just yeah. trust me when I say that that's, well there I have the story pulled up here too. Yeah. so um, mindful breathing exercises. Yeah. you ever practice that? I mean, it's very Zen. I guess. I mean, do you, should we do it right now? I don't know. You're crossing your hands there like you're praying. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, we can't have that. That wouldn't fit. That'd be prayer in school, Kurt. Yeah. Demerit. Well,
1: yoga is uh, sort of satanic when you look into it, So, mm. but we're not going to talk about that.
0: Okay. So <laughs> practice some mindful breathing. It will automatically bring up your math and reading scores <laughs> yeah. and make us more competitive with China. You don't
1: have to study, man. You just have to breathe. That's, That's
0: it. Everyone knows that. Could you fail at that? I mean, what if <laughs> you fail at that? I, I got an F in mindful breathing. <laughs> That's not good. All right. What is good is Medicare simplified KC, which sounds like a contradiction in terms. Uh, but Kirk Dorris is with us now on Dale Carter's America, and he's got a full-service Medicare insurance brokerage, 3600 South Nolan Road, Suite F in Independence. You can reach them on the phone at 816-701-6661. Their website, again, is medicaresimplifiedkc.com. String all that together, and you get to Kirk Dorris' uh, company there, and it's it's important. If you're turning 65 soon, or you've got a parent who's turning 65 soon. You, you've got a relative who's turning 65 soon. They're going to be in front of a lot of letters that won't make any sense. Parts, you know, Medicare part this and part that and all the other things that go along with it. Do you need supplemental insurance? How do you navigate this maze? They'll even come to your home. They're great folks, and they will explain it, navigate it, and it's at no cost to you. Mm-hmm. That's the important part for me, right? It would be an important thing for me. No cost to you. They'll carefully explain how working past 65 will impact uh, your need to enroll or not enroll in Medicare. Uh, Prescriptions, what's that going to look like? Over a decade of service to the greater metro and surrounding area, Medicare Simplified KC.com. They're in independence. Here's the phone number again 816 701 6661. If you're about to turn 65 or you know somebody who is, they really need to get this done.
1: Yeah. And also, if you have questions about this as well, we did have Kirk on the podcast last week the one with Gary McNamara. So watch all the way to the end because he answers a lot of these questions too. So it's all very helpful information. If it's stuff that you're looking into, if it's stuff that you have questions about coming into retirement, make sure to check out that podcast and he may answer some of those questions for
0: you as well. Then as soon as you're done, head to Funhouse Pizza, 50 Highway and Lee Summit, 7 Highway in Blue Springs, Jim Dingman's uh, Pizza Places with always something fun going on. Um, he was selling his tickets for the Germany game The Chiefs are going to play the Dolphins over in Germany, Mm. and he was going to sell those tickets. And then he put up a tease that said, um, you know, uh, we're going to have lots of drawings throughout the fall for concert tickets, Chiefs tickets. He gets access to all that stuff and gives it away at Funhouse Pizza in a very fun way. So if you're thinking about, you know, a little party, you got um, Little League, you got uh, Pee Wee League football coming up. Uh, there's always a team banquet or something like that. Funhouse House Pizza is a great place to have it. 50 Highway in Lee Summit, 7 Highway in Blue Springs, where families gather in a fun family atmosphere. The only rule, really, that I've seen posted on the wall is pull your damn pants up. As long as you pull your pants up, you're going to be okay in there, right? Yes, yes. You can even ride the rides. Okay, SCOTUS and the Biden administration. He, you know, I made kind of a quip on this that um, Biden is batting like the Royals this year. Yep. He's like swinging and missing a lot. And even before we get to that, uh, the Louisiana judge who put a restraining order on the White House I mean, it's basically closing the barn door after the horses are out, uh, but he referred to their Orwellian attempts to censor free speech during COVID. And now they are enjoined by this judge. Um, and I'm sure it's going to go up through the um, judicial system. It may even end up in the Supreme Court. Who knows? But right now there's an injunction, so Corrine Jean-Pierre and the other folks in the West Wing, they can't be bringing in these people from Twitter and Facebook and all the other social media things saying, hey, you know what? We'd like you to put a governor on this. When people say the vaccines may not be all that, we need you to kind of step on that.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's good, I guess, that they're – but try, that maybe two years pushed. late. Yeah, I know it's like it, two and a half years late. You know, so uh, hopefully we learn something from this, and next time something like this happens again, because it will happen again. I mean, you can you can count on that uh, that we've you know actually learned something from it,
0: and we won't let this happen. So two SCOTUS. Where last I looked, in the last few decisions before the end of the court term, Joey B was zero for three, right? Yeah. Affirmative action oh my god now we can't look at race on bringing people into college whoopi goldberg says what's next i don't know if this is actually the same clip but this is
1: a good clip of her talking about it
3: Uh, the supreme court has upset a 45-year precedent ruling it unconstitutional for universities to consider race in admissions now, the 14th Amendment is supposed to promise equal protection. Mm-hmm. But if everyone was actually treated equally, we wouldn't have had to put in affirmative action. Amen.
0: She just made my point. She made my point, Kurt. Yeah. We don't need it. She's so
1: smug and just like self-entitled. She's like, I, you need to listen to me now.
0: I'm a black woman. Yeah. You need to listen to me now. It's like, shut well, up. She's like, what's next? No women in school? Yeah. Now, yeah. think about these two suits. They were brought by Asians, by the way, not white supremacists. Let's <laughs> make that clear. It was brought- Asia, probably Asian white supremacists. Asians, right? Who are very smart. I've gone to school with Asians. They can run circles around me. First of all, I suck at math. I was never going to bring the curve up in math. All right. But, you know, if you're an Asian and you've got a perfect SAT, and you can't get into the school of your choice because affirmative action bumped your spot, hell yeah, I'd sue. Oh, yeah. And they took it all the way to the Supreme Court, and the Supreme Court all the way back to Sandra Day O'Connor, who basically said, I can see a point in time when we're not really going to need this anymore. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're becoming kind of a, I want to say colorblind society, um, but we're probably never going to be that. But think about it in terms of interracial marriage. Mm-hmm. Um, there will probably at some point be an American race that's not white, that's not black, that's not Asian, that's somewhere in the middle. Think about, you know, um, Patrick Mahomes, for instance. Think about, um, you could name any names on this. It's where it's going. So for you to basically. You, not you, Kurt, but um, you on the left to basically say, we've got to put our thumb on the scale for actual African Americans because they can't make it without our help.
1: Yeah, it's ridiculous. And it's not a colorblind society. I mean, it was until Barack Obama became president, basically. Oh, he said it back and then we started going back in the other direction. So that's the trend now. And there's this other good clip, kind of the quiet part out loud, just like uh, Whoopi just said, but. This is Joy Reid talking about uh, affirmative action and Harvard.
3: Well, let, let me just be clear. I got into Harvard only because of affirmative action. I went...
1: Just, I'll just stop it right there. I mean... That's, that's it? That's all you need to know. Let's I didn't go to now. Harvard, well, by l- the way. Let me just
3: be clear. I got into Harvard only because of affirmative action. I went to a school no one had ever heard of in Denver, Colorado, in a small suburb. I didn't go to Exeter or Andover. Yeah, I didn't right. have college test prep. I just happened to be really nerdy and smart and have really good grades. Good- so
1: she goes on to explain how she was less qualified right. than other people. But because she's black and because of affirmative action, she got in harvard so there you
0: go so all this talk about reparations and money and all that and race relations and all that what if kurt what if we took all that money and we plowed it into making k-12 through education better so that you don't have to put your thumb on the scale oh that would be nice wouldn't it i'm just thinking you know just sorry thinking out loud there put your you know Put the money, put the resources into getting smarter kids out of K through 12, and then you don't have to put your thumb on the scale. Yeah, totally. And Ketanji Brown-Jackson, I mean, you know, Biden basically, remember the clip we played where he said that, you know, she was like the smartest and brightest on the court? Yeah. She continues to say really dumb stuff. I haven't seen many clips of her recently. Yeah. Uh, Well, she was talking about affirmative action and just uh, look for, you you can uh, research it yourself there, but the the things that she says just make absolutely no sense and can easily be fact-checked. And this is the person who could not tell you what a woman was. Mm -hmm. And she's she's off her rocker talking about affirmative action. Um, Affirmative action needed to end. And I know Joe Biden says this is not a normal court but it's a court that is normalizing things. It's like, wait a minute, we've gotta be a check on this way left administration. And it's, you know.
1: Here's that clip of uh, yeah.
0: Biden. We'll play that real quick.
3: President Biden, the Congressional Black Caucus said the Supreme Court has thrown
2: into question its own legitimacy. Is this a rogue court? This is not a normal court. So
0: they I don't want to offer no, 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 normal <laughs> court. So that, I mean, that that uh, refer, referred back to something else, um, which we'll get to in just a second. First of all, taking them in the order that I have here, um, the LGBTQ folks, um, they took a dart from the court as well, because someone who designs websites where creativity is involved um, didn't want to design a website for the LGBTQ++ plus 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 community, okay? And... Which makes sense. It's the First Amendment. You should not be compelled to do something that goes against what you believe, right? Yep. And the guy who plays Christopher on The Sopranos, I don't know what the actor's name is. What's his name? Michael Imperial Yeah. So – his take on that was he's going to, he's decided to forbid bigots and homophobes from watching The Sopranos, The White Lotus, Goodfellows, any movie or TV show that I've been in. Thank you, Supreme Court, for allowing me to discriminate and exclude those who I don't agree with and am opposed to USA, USA. Well, okay, he's, he's absolutely wrong on this, and I'm going to tell you how he's wrong. Um, this is not the lunch counter, this is not the back of the bus. This is you being required to do something with your creativity that you don't agree with. So, Michael Imperioli, um, what is it you don't agree with? Let's find it. Let's figure out what it is. And then you are presented a script, and you are now compelled to act that script. Yeah, my, Michael Imperioli has to
1: play like a super awesome Trump supporter protagonist in a movie and wear a MAGA hat. Exactly. Do you think he's going to do that? No. So that's and the issue, really. I'm fine. I'm totally fine with this take. I mean, it's obviously stupid, but like, if he wants to, uh, obviously he has no power to actually right. he control does it. who watches. But this he doesn't show.
0: understand the but issue. That's if my that point. was
1: actually a thing where they're like, "All right, Trump supporters are not allowed to watch." Blah blah blah. I mean, that's fine. You know how much money they'd lose; they would go out of business immediately. And and that's the, kind of the whole point. My point with this is people should be allowed to forbid whoever they want from. Doing business with them for whatever reason. And a big part of that is because sunlight is the best disinfectant. If somebody's really like racist, right? Hypothetically, I don't think this would ever happen, but let's say hypothetically, you have like the owner of a Denny's who's just like the most racist guy ever. And he's like, no black people in my Denny's. And he just puts a sign on the door and says it, you know? I mean, that guy's going to go out of business so fast, faster than you can count to 10. Uh, But if he didn't, if he was forced to, then he gets to be secret. He gets to be a secret racist, and he doesn't have to actually expose himself. So I think that this is good on all counts, and if people want to
0: complain about it, that's totally fine. What was the story a while back? You know, the baker who was compelled to make an LGBTQ cake. Would you really want to go somewhere to get something you're going to eat Exactly. that somebody didn't like you made? Yeah. I mean, you know, would you really want to do that? And in that case... They went, the patrons, the,
1: the people who were trying to get the cake made, they went out of their way specifically to that guy because they knew that he was Christian and they knew that it was going to cause a scene. They wanted, they they were the ones that were digging all this up. They didn't just go there for a cake and then, you know, beca- were surprised by him not wanting to make the cake for him. They knew that this was going to be an issue. They went out to him specifically to cause uh, to cause a scene and so that's obviously not what it's about yeah there's tons of bake shops you can get a cake made by anybody well
0: now the supreme court has upheld that you do not have to be compelled to use your creativity to do something that you don't agree with and um, I think it was the right decision Christopher you just don't get it
1: yeah Christopher uh, this is is what Christopher needs a little bit of tough love language warning sorry I'm late the alarm was (laughs) Ah! what the fuck is wrong with you didn't Paulie tell you I ain't been feeling good? You know what? I wet my ass with your feelings.
3: Thanks. Thanks a lot. Drive the fucking car.
1: I miss The Sopranos. I'm going to go back and watch it. Oh, it's so good. I just, I just went on YouTube and looked Tony yelling at Christopher and played the first one that I found.
0: That's funny. There's okay. hours and hours of it. So, up. the third swing and a miss for the Biden administration, and you knew this was coming. He knew this was coming. This is, you know, he didn't want to do this, right? Yeah. He was, from everything I'm hearing, this was a Kamala Harris push. This is like, you know, this is something we've got to do, and Joe didn't want to do it. And then he did it, and then it was out there, and then it went through the Supreme Court. Well, guess what? The court rules in favor of the separation of powers. Congress did not give the president the authority to forgive, or in our world, to move student loans. And again, Biden says it's not a normal court. Um, and the comparisons out there on the left have been twofold. One to the PPP loans, which I'll talk about, and the Trump tax cuts. Um, It's the left media, and they are completely flailing here. Let's talk about PPP loans. In an effort to save the economy during a global pandemic, the Congress of the United States passed this law for PPP loans, right? The company that Kurt and I work for took a PPP loan. Mm -hmm. When you took a PPP loan, if you employed all of your people – Checked all the boxes, that loan could be forgivable in an effort to keep our economy open. Okay, so that's one thing. And then you've got the Trump tax cuts. It's like, whoa, billionaires got all this money. We can't carve out a little bit for these people over here. Okay, that gets us into a whole discussion of Bidenomics versus Reaganomics, which is the next section of today's podcast. But simply put, all the Trump tax cuts did was tell people they could keep more of their money. That's the one of the fundamental misunderstandings about this government. It's not their money. It's our money. We're giving them our money, somewhat voluntarily, in order to pay the bills of the government. It's never enough. And those Trump tax cuts, have you seen receipts to the government, to the Treasury? All-time high. Yep. And we still have a thirty-two trillion dollar hole. Yep, like it's you said, it's not enough. Never going to be enough. It's like any—it's like reparations. What's the number? It will never be enough. And that's what the Trump tax cuts did. So comparing them to the president taking a group of people who would probably be likely to support him and say, "You know what? You've had a rough time. We're going to forgive ten thousand dollars in loans." 20000 if you had a Pell grant. We're just going to forgive it. It's just going to move away. Uh, you don't forgive it. It just moves on to somebody else who probably didn't take out a student loan, maybe didn't go to college or already paid off their loan. It's a complete bribe. And the Supreme Court said no. Yeah. 0 for 3. 0 for 3.
1: Bad week for Biden. Good week for the Supreme Court. Um, good week for America. Good week for America. Yeah. Yep. And, you know, Clarence Thomas remains undefeated yet again. I mean, the guy is just an American hero, in in my opinion. I mean, he's going to go down as one of the most important political figures of the last century. Top three, without a doubt
0: and you know the three very liberal justices who are still there these decisions ought to be nine to nothing mm-hmm. if you read the constitution and understand the constitution let's go back through the o for 3 that that joey b just had because it was three principles of the constitution and if you go back in the early days of this podcast we explained the constitution I've actually read it. Kurtz read it. We, we broke it apart so that you can understand it. Okay, affirmative action. And Whoopi Goldberg even made my point for me. The 14th Amendment and the Equal Protection Clause is basically showing that affirmative action is a violation of the Constitution. Equal protection under the law is the 14th Amendment, and it came out of slavery. So there's a reason that it's in the Constitution. All right? Uh, LGBTQ. Pretty simple. First Amendment. It's the most important amendment. That's why it's the First Amendment. Government can't force you to do anything. You know, most people think of freedom of speech as you can say whatever you want with certain exceptions. But the clause that the court interpreted was the First Amendment means we can't compel you as a government to create something that you don't agree with. So the Constitution wins there again. And again, the separation of powers. Article 1 set up the Congress. Article 2 set up the presidency. Article 3 set up the judiciary. Checks and balances among the three, but the most preeminent is the Congress. And it needs to step up. It needs to take back more of its power. And whether it's a Republican or Democrat, Kurt, what we've got to get away from is this idiocy of hundreds and hundreds of executive orders. Because that's what happens. New president comes in. It's like, eh, screw Congress. I can't get anything done there, so I'm going to fire off 200, 300 executive orders. Trump did it. Biden's doing it. Obama did it. Yeah. It's it's got to stop. Yeah, and it's not just the executive
1: orders. It's all of the departments and agencies too. Exactly. That, that are part of the executive branch. And that's not even executive orders. That's worse because they don't even go through the president. They're uh, unelected bureaucrats. They write. Most of the laws that actually govern our lives—you know, what kind of gas you can put in your car, what kind of gas you can put in your house, how big, uh, you know, the whatever uh, energy standards have to be—all that kind of stuff, Um, educational standards, taxes, um, all of that. So it's it's far-reaching, and something needs to be done about it. And we're going to talk about that later, actually, with uh, Mr. Desantis.
0: As we go through the mess that we're going through. And trust me. Again, remember what I said a couple of uh, podcast episodes ago. I want this is like taking your child and forcing them to look at something that they've done. Mm-hmm. Okay, you made this mess. Look at it, because it's not going anywhere. Uh, we don't get a chance until next fall to course correct. In the meantime, we've got a Republican House of Representatives um, claw back some of your power, Congress. You got to take it back. This, this country needs to be governed by laws and not executive orders, and not, as, as Kurt said, executive departments, because it's gotten, it's gotten out of control under Republicans and Democrats. Maybe this is a time when the light can come on and we can look at the Constitution and say, my God, we're a republic. Why don't we act like one? Why don't we go back to this founding document and say, my, maybe somebody might want to read it. Gitanji Jackson Brown, maybe you might want to read the Constitution since you're a Supreme Court justice, <laughs> and your job is to, you know, look at the Constitution and, and square that up against what's happening. Then, you know, maybe it's just me. Uh, but I do have a new roof, and I'm happy about that. Um, Royal Roofing and Solar, Austin Waterson. their crew came on a very hot day. They got it done in one day. Mm. And I don't have a small house. So um, they did a fantastic job I think uh, that's Austin's website there. If you if you need to have a roof done, make sure these folks are looking at it. They're not fly-by-night. They're a Cass County company, family-owned and operated, and they stand behind their work. 816-540-7057. They cover my house, and I'm happy about that. They also do solar, and, and that's really the area that he's getting into. Now, I'm not going to own my house long enough to recoup the uh, upfront costs for that. But if you're in your forever home and you're tired of the um, electric bill going through the roof because of Joey B's inflation and your gas bill and not knowing what's happening there, the power of the sun can power your home. And Austin can tell you all about that. Tax credits and grants for small rural businesses, uh, ag producers as well. Make sure you check them out. Royal Roofing and Solar. Big believer in Dale Carter's America.
1: Yeah, they came out, like, what was it, last Saturday? It was like 98 degrees out that
0: day. It was insane. And they were up there on your roof. So they're they're dedicated to the work. They were up there, and they got it done quickly, and um, we're out of there quickly. And, you know, uh, it looks fantastic now. And uh, now I don't have that um, uh, shake shingle roof. And, you know you talk about the government. If you live in a neighborhood that has an HOA, that's its own government, right? And they've got their rules. And in 2005, I had to replace the roof on my house um, and they had the rule in that said it had to be shake shingle. And I want to say like the day after mine was done, they took that out of the HOA rules. Oh wow! So I was one of the last uh, shake shingle roofs in Deer Run. And uh, now there's a few more, but uh, I am not one of them. There so, you go. Thank you, Austin. Bidenomics versus Reaganomics. You know, Bidenomics, this is so funny because this was basically Republicans making fun of him, and, and you know, he's like taking it on as, as an honor, right? Mm-hmm. So now I wanted to kind of compare Bidenomics versus Reaganomics, okay? In Bidenomics, the, the basic premise behind it is you can't do it without us. Mm-hmm. You got to have us. All right. Biden always talks about, and he doesn't do it in in specific terms. Have you, have you heard his, his like uh, speech when he can get rolling on it? It's about growing the economy from the bottom up and the middle out. Yeah. What the hell does that even mean? I don't know.
1: I mean, it's the same thing. It's always with his speeches with the, the, you know, vague talking points and just the platitudes and blah, blah, blah. It's because, you know, I mean the, the truth is most people don't really understand economics like at a deeper level. I mean, I don't even really understand a lot of stuff. I understand the the top level concepts, but it's just it's true that every president speaks that way. You know, they talk about creating jobs. They talk about this is the numbers of jobs we created, which they the- don't. It's all yeah.
0: bullshit. Yeah. No matter which side says it, that is complete bullshit, right? Yeah. So what it comes down to is how much money do we need to take from the private sector, filter through government to make a difference. Mm -hmm. And and is it making a difference? You know, they talk about trickle down economics. That's what they always label Republicans with trickle down, trickle down, trickle down. This is trickle down. Mm -hmm. It's basically stealing money from the private sector that's used to grow our economy on the private side, putting it into a government program. And again, we've talked about it's never going to be enough. Mm -hmm. We have record receipts going into the treasury now, and it is never enough. And where are Biden's success stories? What does he talk about? He talks about oh the you know the bipartisan infrastructure deal. I mean, he talks about jobs, but J O B S. He, uh, he didn't three three really create word.
1: any jobs. He he allowed the the economy to reopen after COVID, sort of. <laughs>
0: That's well. Remember when Trump was on his way out? He said, mm-hmm. "Look, you know, we built this economy. If he doesn't do anything, it's yep. going to be fine." Yep. And of course, he went to work on his executive orders and basically made us energy dependent again um, and all the foolishness that came out of his pen. Um, and then that's where we are today. And then every month as jobs came back from COVID, he was out in front of that saying, look what I did. Look what I did. Yep. And I'm telling you right now, whether it's a Republican or a Democrat who says it, government does not create jobs unless they are government jobs. Right. And if they are government jobs, you and I are paying for them. Right. They work for us.
1: Yeah, it's so true. It's so true. Like we we always say the government can either get in the way or get out of the way of the economy. And that's still true today. So
0: And that's Reaganomics, the government getting out of the way. Remember? Well, you don't, you were a kid then, but we were coming out of stagflation, the Jimmy Carter era. We had something called the misery index. I was not a kid then. I was not born then. <laughs> <sighs> oh. Almost had a language alert there, <laughs> but I held it in, Kurt. I, you're proud of me. I held it in. Okay, so I was, you know, I was in the early days of my radio career, but but I saw what was going on there. Um, the first mortgage I had on my house, ha- the first house I bought in 1985 was like double digit interest rate, it was like 12% interest rate on the house I bought. Mm. Okay. Mm. The last time I refied my house that I have now that's going to get me to the end on it, two and a half percent. That was under Donald Trump. Yep. Okay, where are we today? You see where rates are today. Seven, eight, something like that. So Reaganomics went with tax cuts, giving the producers of wealth in this country, the producers of jobs in this country, more of their money back so they could invest it. And the question becomes, who do you trust more? Do you trust the government more or the private sector more? Yeah. I trust the private sector more.
1: I agree. And it's, it's also just like, you know, trusting yourself with your own money. I mean, it's, uh, and, and just looking at your receipts. I mean, I put up a meme on the screen there. Everything's more expensive and wages are not going up for most people at the same rate as inflation. So you ha- you're paying more for gas, you're paying more for food, for household it, household items, for energy. Um, I know that uh, Evergy here in Kansas City is rehashing the way that they're doing their rates. I think in the fall, um, I don't know if you've seen anything about that but because of the rising cost of energy, right. they're going to be passing that down to, to the consumer they later are. this year so that, those are the kind of things that people really care about. It's like how much is how much does it cost to, to live and, you know what's the cost of living? What's my rent? What are my energy bills? How much do I spend when I go to the grocery store? How much do I spend when I fill up my, my tank in my car?
0: So you know people like us, Kurt, we, we want the government to get out of your way so that you can thrive. Do what government does best, which is a list of maybe five things. Uh, But Democrats continue to run play number two over and over again. Somebody has something you don't have, and that's not fair. They want to compare what you make to what the CEO of a company makes, because they want to get that envy going. And if you've got envy of somebody else and what they have, they can create this chasm, and they can only fill it with another government program, and more tax money. We're going to take money away from those bastards. And if we take money away from those bastards, your life's going to be better. Is your life better? (laughs) Well, I mean, I've talked about
1: this before. The, The narrative on that has definitely changed. I mean, it's been this way for a little while, but I think, at least, maybe it used to be kind of about like funding the government it's like we need taxes so that we can fund x program that was the idea program but (laughs) now it's like actually punitive right it's like the rich need to pay their fair share it's not even they're not even talking about what the money's going to it's just like rich bad you know and 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 it's painting them to be the bad guy and it's punitive against those people just for the sake of of like getting them basically and that's something that's pretty new i think is very dangerous
0: one of my heroes in economics, at least on a personal level, is Dave Ramsey. Um, and you can catch his show pretty much anywhere in America, read his book or whatever. But, you know, it's not about envy, it's about you. What are you doing? And if you follow his baby steps, as he calls them, you can become a millionaire. Just doing what going through the steps that that he lines out for you in your own world. It's not about what Bob Iger makes at Disney, you know? It's not about what Bill Gates makes. It's not about what Jeff Bezos makes. It's about what you make and what difference you can make in your life. And we're not in a zero sum game here. And I think that's what the Democrats want you to believe. We're in a zero sum game. If I take money away from Bill Gates, you know, you get it. No, not necessarily. Bill Gates can create his own empire over here. You can create your own empire over there. And if we improve K-12 through education, imagine what this country could be. Yeah, and it
1: kind of goes across all of these issues, like uh, between rich and poor, black and white, the left is always trying to divide us of course, they uh, on these grounds. And a lot of it is like removing agency from people. You know, they, they want you to think that if you're poor or uh, if, you know, you come from a lower income family that there's nothing you can do about it nothing's your fault everything is oppression on you and i see this in my personal life too where it's like a lot of people not all of course but a lot of people that are very left-wing or complain about the rich or taxes and things like that in their own personal lives they're not doing anything to improve their situation you know they they complain they want the government to take care of it but they're not actually like getting a job saving money uh becoming financially uh you know, independent independent and (laughs) and financially knowledgeable about how to save money and how to invest in these things, which is something I'm constantly working on too. But, you know, you have these people that will complain and complain and complain, but they're not actually doing anything in their own personal lives to improve their situation. And that should be the message of Republicans. It's not just lower taxes. It's not just we want to lower the cost of going to the grocery store. But it's like, hey, here's how we're going to teach you how to become financially independent like a Dave Ramsey would teach you or something like that. That should be part of the Republican uh, playbook as well.
0: I think if I were president, I'd have Dave Ramsey be my economic advisor or maybe even Secretary of the Treasury or something like that because he's a smart guy. Surround yourself with smart people. Or if you're a Democrat, check every box that you can along the way. Mm -hmm. Uh, Do we have an Asian, black, left-handed, one-legged person yet? (laughs) <laughs> we got to get that done. Okay, so we move on to Midwest GI Health and Wellness. Dr. Mark Taramina, we appreciate him being with us here on the podcast. Get your colonoscopy. Uh, certain things I'm going to rail on, you know, the Medicare KC thing. Uh, you know, learn those things. you got to learn those things. And if you're age 45 or older, you got to get your colonoscopy. And uh, kudos to superfan Mark Zarda. Today is his day. Yay!
1: He's getting
0: his colonoscopy. He was uh, messaging me yesterday all the stuff he had to drink, and I said, hey, think about it this way. You're probably going to lose seven pounds, right? Maybe the hard way, but you're going to lose seven pounds, right? He's probably getting it done right now and then you as get to we take, record this. this. you get to take a nap. Dr. Taramina comes after you wake up from your nap and tells you either you got a clean bill of health, we'll see you in 10 years, or you know we took some polyps, uh, but we're going to get in front of this, and it's going to be fine. But if you catch it early, that is the key with, with colon cancer. And that's why uh, we appreciate having those folks with us. And, of course, Dr. Taramina also sponsors something near and dear to my heart. It is the Midwest GI Health and Wellness Full of Shit Award. Are we playing that first? Yes. Okay.
2: You're full of shit.
3: All right. Thank you, not shush.
2: You are speaking shit to me.
3: You full of shit. Do you understand that? You full <laughs> of shit.
0: All right. So, and this may come as a shock. Because, you know, from the very beginning of the the candidates emerging for 2024, I've been on the Ron DeSantis bandwagon. I still like Ron DeSantis. Uh, There are things I wish he would do a little bit differently. But then I came across a story that said if he becomes president, he will eliminate the departments of energy, commerce, education, and the IRS. This is what he's saying, okay? And that sounds really good. And we have heard that before. From Republicans all the way back to Ronald Reagan. When Ronald Reagan was elected, he said he was going to eliminate the mistake that Jimmy Carter made, which was setting up the Department of Education. Guess what? The Department of Education is still there. So while I would like to believe it, I feel like he's kind of full of shit. Well, here's the clip.
2: Are you in favor of of eliminating any agencies? I know conservatives in the past have talked about closing the Department of Education. Would you do that?
3: so we would do education we would do commerce we do energy and we would do irs and so if congress will work with me on doing that we will be able to reduce uh, the the size and scope of government but what i'm also going to do martha is be prepared if congress won't go that far i'm going to use those agencies to push back against woke ideology and against the leftism that we see creeping into all institutions of american life so for example with department of education we reverse all the transgender sports stuff. Women's sports should be protected. We reverse policies trying to inject the curriculum into our schools. That will all be gone. We will make sure we have an accreditation system for higher ed, which is not trying to foment more things like DEI and CRT. So we'll be prepared to do both. Uh, either way, it'll be a win for conservatives.
0: What do you think?
1: Well, I mean, I I have some thoughts, you know, on this generally, um, the DeSantis situation. But I mean, do you think that that clip is like believable? Do you think that he would actually do that?
0: Well, number one, I don't think he's going to do it. I don't think he's going to shut down things. He's certainly not going to shut down the IRS. I mean, that's the money maker of the federal government. Um, I don't think they would let him do that. Right. I kind of like the second part of the clip where he kind of concedes that he's going to be stuck with these agencies, Mm -hmm. and so he can use them in a more conservative way. I kind of like that. I mean, I really would love for him to be telling the truth. I'd love for a Republican to go in there with stones – Donald Trump didn't do it, right? Just go in there and shut the door. Don't name a secretary of education. Mm -hmm. Don't name a secretary of commerce if you want to get rid of that. Don't name a secretary of energy. Mm -hmm. And shut them down. I mean, you talk about executive orders. It's the executive branch. Right. What if he doesn't name a secretary?
1: It's possible. I mean – uh, Republicans have been I want to
0: believe it but I've been my hopes have been dashed so many times and yeah. when I hear so, uh, politicians say that it just it just sets off my bullshit detector.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I agree totally because Republicans have been campaigning on that for a long time. Uh, not all, but some, you know, there have been Republicans like every election cycle that, you know, come out and say I'm going to shut down the, you know, whatever. And even now, uh Everyone's talking about the FBI, obviously, and the IRS uh, with the 87,000 new agents and all this other stuff. And I mean, there's been some hearings and things, and it's granted, you know, we don't have the presidency, uh, we don't have uh, Congress, but we're, we're, I mean, what are they really doing about it? So we'll, we'll see. But it kind of gave me some thoughts on the whole Trump and DeSantis thing in general. Like he does to me come across a little bit whiny sometimes i think and like his his uh message seems kind of like negatively oriented whereas uh where he's like always talking about we're gonna stop this woke stuff you know mm-hmm. uh right i've had enough of dei uh, blah 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 he's like always kind of punching down um and i think part of the reason and i'm not necessarily against that it's important to point out these things but one of the reasons potentially that he's not gaining in the polls and that Trump still has the popularity that he does is Trump is kind of very, um, energetic. He's Mm -hmm. very, he has a a lot of positive messaging, whether you agree with that or not. I mean, it's true. He, he, he inspires people. He's very, uh, charismatic. He's funny. Uh, he, he, his slogan is make America great again, not, you know, make America not woke again or something like that. So, I think that it's important for conservatives to keep that in mind because we can very easily get caught in like this kind of negative mindset of all the terrible stuff that's happening, and we need to stop all this terrible stuff, and people voted for Biden or stupid or whatever. But we need to have a positive message for the future of America in I agree. order to actually gain popularity yeah. and win.
0: Inspiring. Yeah. Yeah. My problem with Trump, obviously, is he's very narcissistic, and it's usually about him. Um, but. To your point, there are times when he is inspiring and where he's talking about the greatness of America, and I like that. Why can't we fix DeSantis and get him going that way? Well, maybe he is. I mean, you know, I'm sure he has some of that, too. Um, I'm sure he has some. Because I want to win, and I just, I just don't think Trump's going to win. I mean, it's
1: it does seem like. I mean, I'm curious if you agree with me though. But it does seem like every time DeSantis goes on TV or has a press conference or something, he's kind of always seems like he's whining about yeah. like woke stuff. You know, well,
0: and you know, his announce was wobbly. He tried to do something different, and it's just, you know, I want to see a Republican like Ronald Reagan stand in front of the Statue of Liberty that I flew over, um, and and talk about the greatness of America and inspire us all. And and I'm not I'm not hearing that with Ron DeSantis and I find it very disappointing. Mm-hmm. So Are we ready to move on? Yeah. Okay. Bob Watson, state farm agent for five decades in Blue Springs at 7th and Main there. He's got the complete staff ready to go. Answer your questions. Have your back. Your auto, home, life, commercial insurance, your boat, which you've taken out on lakes. Make sure that thing's insured. Licensed in Missouri and Kansas. Get a quote at 816-229-7878. 816-229-7878. Great staff of people right there in Blue Springs who will take care of you. And get surprisingly great rates, too, at State Farm. They've had my back for nearly 30 years, and uh, they're ready to help you as well. Blue Springs local State Farm agent, Bob Watson. Make sure you get a quote. Okay, our uh, commander-in-chief. You know, there have been times in the history of this country, Kurt, where the commander-in-chief had to make our enemies quake in their boots. I'm thinking back to John F. Kennedy and the missiles of October, when Khrushchev was putting missiles in Cuba, and John F. Kennedy went on the air and said, basically, if you do that, it's going to be an act of war. You, you launch a missile, it's an act of war. And Khrushchev backed down, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Ronald Reagan said to Gorbachev, tear down this wall. Okay, what we have now is an old man, the oldest person to ever be in, in the Oval Office, somebody who never ran anything, He was a backbench senator until he was a frontbench senator. It's funny. Kareem Jean-Pierre talked about how uh, nobody knows the Constitution like Joe Biden. He knows it backward and forward, right? He's an expert on it, yet he's 0 for 3 at the um, Supreme Court. Okay, so he goes on MSNBC. He's on set on MSNBC. It's a softball interview. Go back and watch the interview. I mean, it's along the lines of what kind of ice cream do you like to eat and all that. Okay. So it's a softball interview. And if you've ever ever been on television, and I have, um, if a host is interviewing you, they're going to go to commercial at the end of your segment, right? Mm -hmm. You sit there. You wait until the director says clear, Mm -hmm. and then you get up. In Joe Biden's world, I guess he had to poop. I don't know. <laughs> it, that's the only thing I can come up with. He so, saw
1: some kids to sniff backstage. He what? He saw some kids he had to go
0: sniff oh backstage. My. Yeah. Um, so let's roll the tape, because I'm sure this makes our enemies quake in their boots.
3: <laughs>
2: and I, 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 I...
3: <laughs> Mr. President, thank you. Thank you. Thank you Nicole, very much. I appreciate it's great that. to have you. Thank, thank you. you. Don't go anywhere. It's a very exciting day around here. Um <laughs>
0: Don't go anywhere
1: as he's shuffling off. Yeah. Did uh, you see this one? We got I, I got to play this. I okay. mean, this is one of the best Biden clips ever.
2: I honored a group of trailblazing artists with National Medals of Arts and Humanities. The group included groundbreaking Asian Americans like Vera Wang and 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 Joan Shengang, Shengang K- Koawa. <laughs> One more time.
1: Shingang, <laughs> you can't even say I'm going to mispronounce can't. <laughs> r- 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 Joan, Shingang, Shingang, I'm
2: going to Shinga, Ko- Okay. Koawa. So. I think I pronounced it correctly. No, you didn't. She didn't call me Joe Bitten. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right. So how I'm going to wrap this today is if you believe, you know, the Biden message that we've got to punish the rich, take more money away from them, filter it through government so that maybe you get a little bit of it back or somehow they can make your life better and all that, and, and you, you realize that you're they're taking in more tax money than they ever have, but you don't think it's enough. We're $32, $33 trillion in the hole, if, and this is your messenger for the next four years. If you really see the world that way, I guess you're going to vote for him. Yep. And if you don't, start thinking about alternatives. Because that's what we've been thinking about since the day this man was inaugurated. And it's going downhill quickly. Until next week, as we observe what's going on in this big, wide world of ours, this is Dale Carter's America.
2: The views expressed on Dale Carter's America are Dale's and Kurt Wheeler's. They do not necessarily reflect the views of KFKF or Steel City Media. Comments can be sent to DaleCarter'sAmerica@gmail.com. America at gmail.com. Check back for weekly episodes. Subscribe, spread the word, and give us a five-star review. Thanks for being a part of Dale Carter's America.